<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John saying Welcome to the Love Fest five nights a week that is Tell Me Everything. Bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble since 20-15. And on this channel, since right before the pandemic shut everything down. How are you? How was your weekend? How was your Monday? Anything happen in the news today that might attract liberals to want to talk about it? lot to get to. Let's start off with uh, our Dramatis Personae. Thank you, executive producer Chris Hauselt, who is running this thing from the South Carolina Bureau. The great Thea Harper, producing from the Brooklyn Bureau. And uh, I come to you from uh, over there around Manhattan Way. It's quite a day. We're going to get to everything. I want to know how you feel. We have a, a really great show tonight. Really great show. Really packed. Uh, Julia Jeske, our good friend of Decoding Fox News, will be here to talk about you-know-who getting the you-know-what. We're also going to talk with um, Misty Blue and Garagiola and Adriana Goodwin of Truth Minnesota, which is uh, an amazing project that was founded by the Mellon Foundation and uh, the Minnesota Indian Affairs Council to research University of Minnesota relations with Indian tribes from an indigenous perspective. They published a report earlier this month that pretty much calls out uh, the University of Minnesota for uh, complicity in genocide and ethnic cleansing. And the report's pretty incredible. It's the kind of thing we should start expecting to hear a lot more of in this country. And I'm really, really excited to talk to these three women, some of whom are First Nations, to get all the layout. Also, comedian Rhonda Hanson will be with us. I know, it's a lot. I promise we'll find time to make fun of Ron DeSantis and his bobbing head in Japan. Okay, I promise. There's a lot to get to. India is going to overtake China as the world's most populous country. 51% of Democrats say Joe Biden shouldn't run again. And tomorrow he's going to announce he will. Susan Rice is stepping down as director of White House Domestic Policy Council. My God, there's just there's just so much to get to. A couple of quick announcements um, next week. Is this next week already? Or Oh, my God, it is next week. I'm doing some shows, guys, a lot of shows. Uh, Saturday night, I'll be in Tyson, Virginia, doing a benefit for our good friend Carl Frisch as he runs for re-election on the Fairfax County School Board. I'm told that's going to be live streamed, which is horrifying. But uh, if you're in Virginia or the D.C. area, come on down. It's going to be a deeply inappropriate show for a for a school board. I don't mind telling you. On Tuesday... Next Tuesday, the 2nd of May, I'll be performing along with uh, Janine Garofalo and Natalia Reagan at the Bell House in Brooklyn as part of Story Collider's Proton Prom, an annual fundraising show that 
has artists telling stories related to science uh, to raise money for charity. That's uh, at the Bell House, one of the best venues in all of Brooklyn. And next Friday, Cinco de Mayo, I'm doing a storytelling show up in Connecticut. I'll be giving all the information for all of these in the days to come. But uh, three different shows in three different states. I'm tired just telling you guys about it. I think we're all set. Let's get to it. Let's, uh, let's do a show. Tonight, tuck around and find out. Tucker Carlson fired at Fox News. Don Lemon fired at CNN. CEO Jeff Schell of NBC Universal fired and uh, ad executives suspended at Anheuser-Busch. I had so much I wanted to talk to about tonight. But when the day began, you know, Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis is going to be announcing potential indictments of Trump and or others between July 11th and September 1st. That is a huge story. She revealed the timetable in a letter to local cops where she asked them to be ready for heightened security and preparedness because, well, <laughs> DA Willis predicts her announcement about whether or not to indict Donald Trump or his associates in her words, may provoke a significant public reaction. We'll have more on that. Also, a minute of silence for the passing of Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah, that's right. Everyone got fired and Bed Bath & Beyond declared bankruptcy. I tell you guys, Mercury and Retrograde's real. You don't listen, but it is real. Nothing is safe. I I I mean, I wanted to talk about how it's Barbara Streisand's birthday. She's 81. But instead... It's Nip and Tucker. So let's get to it. Because as you know, (laughs) from the early Ernest Family Values bow-tied conservative to the reality show Flunky on Dancing with the Stars, sitting in a chair while the dancer did the actual dancing, to this white nationalist defender of lechery and treason, Tucker Carlson's decades-long quest to make mediocre white guys think he's cool is kind of a mirror of the Republican Party's decline from Dwight Eisenhower to a mean crypto-fascist doughiness. But Fox News has parted ways with he who tucks. I'm sure you've heard about it by now. <laughs> the news of his departure comes uh, just a few days after Fox had that historic settlement with Dominion for over $787 million. Now, uh, there is a source familiar with the inner workings at Fox who told Axios, I'm going to be quoting a lot of different news orgs tonight because there's a different story in every paper, but Axios was told the firing was not a part of the Dominion settlement agreement. And it's a sad day for Tucker Carlson's audience which is mainly seniors who drool on the clicker, your uncle racist, your aunt dead inside, uh, white supremacists who prove that white supremacy isn't really a thing, and uh, male supremacists who can't properly spell the word your. I think that covers most of the audience. The enraged viewers were all over social media saying they were done with Fox. Tucker's last show was on Friday. Uh, I hope you got to see it. It was his very, very last show. He seemingly definitely had no idea that he would never be coming back again. (laughs) And, well, he never got a chance to say goodbye to the viewing audience that he holds in almost complete and total contempt. But why? Why did they fire him? I mean, we don't really know the full reason yet, but we're hearing a lot of different reasons trickle out. Now, first off, it was not because of his beliefs. Okay, let's get that straight. He's a millionaire at birth con man. He has no ideology. He has no beliefs. He's just like Trump. He believes in himself and he'll say whatever he has to say. It's not because he claimed that racism against black and brown people in America doesn't exist. It's not because he promoted the great 
racist replacement theory for years. It's not because he's claimed white supremacy is not a real problem. It's not, it's, he wasn't fired because he cheered Kyle Rittenhouse after murdering three people or because he defended Vladimir Putin's bloody, evil invasion of a smaller neighbor. He was not fired for saying that the desire to procreate has been destroyed by birth control and abortion. I don't really understand how that works. He wasn't fired when he minimized statutory rape and child marriage and said they were not pedophilia. <laughs> he didn't get fired when he went to Hungary to broadcast this show with the dictator autocrat Viktor Orban. I, he didn't get fired for his deeply silly complaints that there's a collapse of testosterone levels in U.S. men. He, he wasn't fired for his documentary that showed men having a testicle tanning machine to be more manly. <laughs> He wasn't fired because he said the January 6th terrorists were peaceful protesters. He wasn't fired when he called for a new insurrection when Trump got indicted in New York. He wasn't fired for calling Donald Trump sensible and wise, which he didn't mean. And he wasn't fired because he lied many times that the 2020 election was stolen from Donald Trump. The L.A. Times says the decision to fire Tucker came from 92-year-old Rupert Murdoch himself, the chairman of the Fox Corp. He was really freaked out by the lawsuits and by Tucker not dropping conspiracy theories Tucker doesn't actually believe about January 6th. Now, obviously, it's also connected to the fuck ton of cash Fox just lost in their Dominion lawsuit. And Tucker was, of all the liars, the most flagrant in his lies because, well, because of the text messages we learned how Tucker really feels about a lot of things. And there's text messages that were not yet released where Tucker ferociously comes down on the management at Fox News. That's the reason he was fired, at least the main reason. It's kind of fitting. After years of telling lies in public, Tucker finally gets the axe for telling the truth in private. There's other reports, according to the L.A. Times, that Murdoch fired it personally over uh, the discrimination lawsuit filed by a former producer on his show. We'll get to that in a second. And again, Murdoch was apparently concerned about a conspiracy theory he's pushing that undercover government agents were involved in the January 6th insurrection. There was a piece on that on 60 Minutes just last night. Ugh, look, why was he fired? Lawsuits have consequences. According to the L.A. Times... Again, he wasn't fired for any of the lies, but because of the Abby Grossberg suit, which said that Tucker subjected her to sexist and anti-Semitic tirades. The Fox News is also, in addition to being sued by Dominion and Smartmatic, that's over $2 billion. That's coming up next. But they're being sued by former producer Abby Grossberg. She worked on Tucker's show, and in her lawsuit, she says that Fox News' lawyers coached her and intimidated her into lying in her testimony in the lawsuit about Dominion voting systems. She also said that when she joined Tucker Carlson tonight, she was bullied and had to listen to a lot of anti-Semitic comments. So, you know, it wasn't the lies. It wasn't the racism. It wasn't all the anti-democratic nonsense. It wasn't the ridiculous testicle tanning or the cozying up to dictators. It was the money. And it was because he's fired over this producer's suit alleging harassment, sexism, and abuse. Now, Abby Grossberg was a former producer for both Tucker and Maria Bartiromo. And she's suing the network, and in her complaints, she detailed instances of misogyny and sexism while working on his show. Her lawyer came out and said, Tucker Carlson's departure from Fox News is, in part, an admission 
of the systemic lying, bullying, and conspiracy mongering claimed by our client, former top producer Abby Grossberg. Mr. Carlson and his subordinates remain individual defendants in the SDNY case. Oh, I'm so glad he'll get to see everyone from Fox again. And we look forward to taking their depositions under oath in the very near term. Tucker's executive producer, Justin Wells, who's also named throughout Abby Grossberg's lawsuit, he got fired today, too. Interesting, isn't it, that that Janine Pirro wasn't fired, Sean Hannity wasn't fired, Laura Ingram wasn't fired, Maria Bartiromo wasn't fired. They pushed the same lies that cost Rupert three quarters of a billion dollars. But according to the L.A. Times, Murdoch didn't fire him because of anything he said on the air. It was because he was an abusive anti-Semite who pushed too many conspiracy theories and insulted Fox Brass in private. And again, we still haven't seen those texts yet. So what does it mean? It means the Fox Corp shares had a sharp drop today. After the announcement, their stock tumbled as much as 5.4% early in the afternoon at one point trading around 29 bucks per share. The Class A shares bounced back a little bit, down around 3% by the time the markets closed today. But they lost a lot of money. That's the real story today. I mean, <laughs> Fox News' share price tanked. About $700 million in lost market value, which is less than a week after they settle a lawsuit for $787 million. I know the reasons pile up. The Dominion settlement, his producer suing Fox for the anti-Semitic and stuff and toxic environment on his show. Oh, and also, let's, let's throw in, it's never been a problem before, but advertisers, real advertisers, they won't touch Tucker's show. That's been the dirty secret that people in the media talk about. I mean, the MyPillow guy, he buys ad time, but the blue ribbon advertisers, no, they don't touch it. And that's fine. Tucker's gets huge ratings, uh, but not huge profits from the advertising they sell. It's all their money, as you guys know, comes from cable licensing fees. But again, man, the Republicans, well, they were very quick to paint Tucker as a martyr. Marjorie Taylor Greene accused Fox of caving to the woke mob. By woke mob, I guess she means Rupert Murdoch. It was awkward on Fox News as well. I want to play clip A3. Here is uh, Harris Faulkner, who really, when this is all over, is going to have a long talk with herself. She had the privilege of announcing Tucker Carlson's swift exit from the Fox News family. We have some news from within our Fox family. Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have mutually agreed to part ways. Tucker's last show was this past Friday. And starting tonight, Fox News Tonight will air live at 8 p.m. Eastern. It will be an interim show with rotating Fox News personalities until a new host is named. We want to thank Tucker Carlson for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a long-term contributor. And that's it. No final show. No goodbye. And, you know, I got the news today. I was doing a pre-tape interview. I went down to the SiriusXM building, the Howard Stern Tower, high above Gotham. I was doing a pre-tape interview, and about five minutes into it, we were in one of the studios. Uh, Jake was producing us. He was working the board. About five minutes in, I'm, I'm talking to these guests about something totally unrelated, and all of a sudden, there's Jake in my ear saying, Tucker Carlson fired from Fox News. I was trying to have a conversation about abortion rights, and suddenly I hear this through my headphones, and I'm like... Do I bring this up with the people I'm interviewing? No, I can't do that. It's out of left field. And, and this is a pre-tape. It won't be new by the time it is. I had to sit on this information and not tell anyone. I got off the air and the women I was talking to were so mad when I told them I'd held the information away. But the, the big question is, what's next for Tucker? And the big answer is, 
Who cares? This guy has been a bigot, a spoiled, lipless brat his entire life. And you guys know it with his vacant stare and his baffled bitch face. That's what I call it. You know, when he makes that look that eh, eh, look, I don't understand you. You're you're frightening me and I'm making this face for my incredibly elderly audience will understand that I don't like you. This is my slack-jawed, lipless mouth, agape look of constipated befuddlement. It makes me a hero to guys who like to own the libs, but don't have time to learn shit. Here's the deal. Uh, you know what I care about? Not what Tucker does next. Dominion and Smartmatic still have lawsuits pending against Newsmax and OAN. You understand? So all the right-wingers on social media saying, oh, Tucker could go to OAN. He can go to, to he'll, he'll be on Newsmax in a week. No, morons. He probably won't. I mean, Tucker probably has more money in his back pocket from, you know, Swanson frozen dinners. <laughs> he was born into wealth. He doesn't need their money. And you really think that OAN or Newsmax, while they're facing lawsuits for lies about the 2020 election, that they're going to hire this guy who helped cost Uncle Rupert three quarters of a billion dollars? I don't think they're going to be very friendly landing pads for Tucker. Not if he's going to keep on pushing the lies about 2020. Now, one one final note. Uh, I don't want to get to your calls, but um, less than an hour after this news came the news that Don Lemon was fired from CNN after 17 years. Uh, full disclosure, I, I know Don Lemon. I, I get along with him very well. I've done his show several times. <laughs> I, I don't really know Tucker. I've met him twice in my life. But I, I know Don Lemon, and I, I get along fine with him. These announcements both came less than a day after we found out that NBC Universal CEO Jeff Schell got fired for an inappropriate workplace relationship. But Don Lemon was one of the most popular primetime anchors. And then the new leadership came in, and... They moved him from his own show to co-host the morning show, and Don said a lot of stuff on the air that he couldn't take back, and he wasn't getting along with his female co-hosts. We all kind of knew this was coming. Also, cable news ratings. I mean, they're not doing great. More and more viewers are going to streaming, and primetime viewership last year for Fox, CNN, and MSNBC fell around 14% collectively. So here's the deal. Fox didn't know that CNN was firing Don Lemon today. CNN did not know that Fox was firing Tucker Carlson. It's just a crazy, random coincidence. But Don had no idea. He said in a statement, I am stunned. After 17 years at CNN, I would have thought that someone in management would have had the decency to tell me directly. <laughs> um, here's the deal. All day long, you might have noticed this. Right-wing trolls, if you were saying anything on social media about Tucker Carlson, would come back with the same five words. Yeah, now do Don Lemon. Yeah, okay, now do Don Lemon. Now, now, now do, you, you made fun of Tucker, now do Don Lemon. No, moron, you do Don Lemon. Here's the truth. While Don Lemon might be a, a nice guy, and I've gotten along with him well with him personally, you're not going to see people on the left flipping out about Don Lemon being fired the way people on the right are flipping out about Tucker being fired. And you know why that is? Because nobody on the left cares that Don Lemon was fired. And I mean nobody. You know why? Because the left is not a cult. And Don Lemon is not our high priest. We don't watch Don Lemon and await further instructions. Liberals are cursed with this thing called critical thinking. And we apply it to the news we watch. You'd hate it. It would force you to turn off Hannity. So go ahead and scream about Don Lemon all you like. Liberals don't care. Cry harder. But it is kind of inspiring 
I mean, we are in the golden age of micro-accountability. Alex Jones, guilty, a billion-dollar settlement. Donald Trump's indictment. Dan Bongino just got fired. Fox having to pay $787 million to Dominion. And now this. Tucker has retained an entertainment attorney. Uh, it sounds like he's going to go after Fox News for firing him. This could get really ugly, and I'm here for it. The only question is, who's next? Who should be? Hannity? Janine Pirro? Maria Bartiromo? How about Clarence Thomas? <laughs> it's going to be fun. Stay honest. Stay focused. Keep the pressure on. And let's see what happens as fascists begin to get exactly what's coming to them. Let's hear it for chickens that come home to roost, even if it's in fascist nests. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. And welcome back. So I'm so excited to talk about the Truth Project in Minnesota. Again, this incredible, huge new report is focusing on the University of Minnesota's long and painful history of abuse towards the state's native peoples. And it lays out recommendations, including perpetual reparations, my new favorite term, uh, to improve relations between the university itself and the 11 tribal nations that still live in Minnesota. Uh, among the findings, the Truth Project report concludes that the university's founding board of regents committed genocide and ethnic cleansing of indigenous peoples for financial gain using the institution as a shell corporation through which to launder land and resources. The university's permanent trust fund controls roughly $600 million in royalties from iron ore mining, timber sales, and other revenues derived from land that was stolen from the Dakota and the Ojibwe, and that the university has contributed to an erasure of Native peoples by not teaching a full history of the land on which it was founded. Now, what is the Truth Project? It is the Towards Recognition and University Tribal Healing Truth. It's a Native-organized, Native-led, community-driven research movement that offers many recommendations on how the university community and others 
can have better relation with the indigenous peoples. We have three folks behind the Truth Project here. I'm so pleased to welcome Misty Blue is a citizen of the White Earth Nation and appointed by the Minnesota Indian Affairs Council. She put together the team of Native scholars who have examined the past, present, and future of the tribal university relations. Anne Garagiola is a descendant of the Boat Fort Band of Chippewa, and um, she's a project manager in the Office of Native American Affairs at the University of Minnesota. And Audriana Goodwin is a third-generation college student uh, from the Leech Lake Tribal College, where she was named Student of the Year. She recently completed her Master's in Public Policy from the Humphrey School of Public Affairs. Ladies, it is an honor. Welcome to SiriusXM. Thank you so much for having us. It's excellent to be here. Thank you. I think the report is excellent. My producer sent me the details a couple of weeks ago, and we were so excited to be able to have you here and to, and to learn more. I want to start with the most obvious questions. What was the genesis behind this report? Because I find it so inspiring that this even happened in the first place. Yeah, I can go over a broad summary of, of the impetus for this work. So there was actually uh, two, the first being um, in the summer of 2020, the Minnesota Indian Affairs Council, who um, appointed me in my role, they issued a series of resolutions um, to basically call on the university to be better relatives with the tribal nations, considering that it is a land grab university. Um, the second impetus of this work also was the High Country News expose that was published in the same year, um, where the authors went and um, mapped the land, the actual land that uh, was transferred through the Morrill Act of 1862. What was the university's response at the beginning when they first learned that the report was being conducted? Yeah, so they first learned that this was being conducted. Um, I think they they heard it first at the symposium that we hosted in May of 2022. Um, we did not have any official response from the leadership. And then when the report, we took the next you know nine months to a year to to write the report, and we have um, again not have an official response quite yet. We're hoping that the board of regents will commit to um, commit to enacting our recommendations. Well, I'd like to talk about the report's findings and ask all of you, what were the findings that struck each of you the most? Um, and what were the findings that you think people need to to most know about and understand? Because normally, I think when we talk about institutions that have abused First Nations peoples, we think of the U.S. military. We think of industrialists who stole the land to mine it and harvest it and rape it. We don't think about secondary education. So I, I'm really curious for, for all of you, what were the findings that, that were most powerful for you? Yeah, maybe I'll start and then um, other folks can go too. Um, so as a research assistant on the Truth Project, my research really looked into the role that the founding Board of Regents played in Indigenous land dispossession and genocide. And they were um, the government. They were <laughs> the industry officials. Um, and they were the founders of the institution. And they used um, those conflicts of interest to, to create a, a vast profit. Um, mm -hmm. that the university continues to control and and profit from to this day. Yeah, and in addition um, to to that, uh, in one of our presentations that we did a few days ago, we really identified four intersections. We had the intersection of the government, we had the inter intersection of the private sector, we had the intersection of the military, 
And then we had the intersection of one more thing that I can't think of right now, but the University of Minnesota um, and the founding board of regents and even throughout time were able to use their power and were able to um, use that institution um, as a way, again, to, to dispossess that land. And so another really um, big key finding that you mentioned when you introduced us was that um, through the permanent university fund. And so in addition mm-hmm. to the permanent university fund, um, you know, amassing all of this um, interest and all of this, you know, royalties from the timber sales and all of these things, they were also um, bonding that money out to different um county municipalities and in different places across the state of Minnesota. And so now um, today, essentially, the entire infrastructure of the state was built off of the permanent university fund, off of the genocide and dispossession of our people. So not only did they take our land, they funneled that land through and and, and amassed um, perpetual wealth throughout time. Um, and then 600 another million, 600 million for so yeah. And counting. Yeah. And 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 so like these other permanent accounts that the state of Minnesota and the institutions, you know, have to rely on are the permanent school fund, which is also a really huge fund where these um, royalties are also getting put into from the timber sales and, and, and et cetera. Um, and then also to, you know, we're, we're, we're talking a lot about right now or not right now but this this time period in history from the 1860s it's really important you know as you start digging deeper into the report you'll see this happening throughout time and so similarly to the tuskegee um syphilis research that took place Mm -hmm. on african-american men there was also research that took place in my community in red lake on young children um during the 1960s where the University of Minnesota conducted several kidney biopsies and still um, by um, my findings that I found and then also similarly the findings from the University of Minnesota, we still aren't um, sure if consent was um, obtained for these biopsies to happen. And so there's all of these really large um, injustices that the report is encompassing. Yeah, just plus one. Yeah, just plus one on all of that. I think we were able to, by digging into the archives and reading the correspondence, looking at the maps and ledgers, you know, we were able to kind of piece together that at the origin, all of these ways that the university participated in settler colonialism, and then how that over time has really left the institution unchecked and boundaryless to then enact these harms against the tribe's uh, sovereignty and transgressions against sovereignty over time, right? So, you know, we think about, you mentioned earlier, we don't we don't really think about universities or higher education in this way because they have this land-grant university sort of denomination that allows right. them special privileges, that allows them, you know, just um, a positive narrative. And so, you know, we try to use land grab um, to really, uh, you know, show that resources were grabbed, that knowledge was grabbed, that culture was grabbed and um, then commodified and then sold back to to us. And so um, I think that was my biggest learning was there was definitely these origins. And then over time, you know, all allowed for all of these unfortunate dynamics to, to happen over the years. And that was interesting to me. I mean, the use of the term land grab instead of land grant, because as the report points out, just calling it land grant university is in itself 
uh, revisionist history. I mean, yes, it was granted, but to whom was it taken from? So I, I, I applaud you on the use of language because one of the big findings that, that really sat with me was the systemic failure to adequately teach the real history of the land, which is deliberate because the university doesn't want the populace to know about tribal sovereignty and indigenous rights and how this land was taken by force uh, at, at all. And I thank you for, for covering that as well. I, I have to ask, because I have many dumb questions, what is the moral act you mentioned and, and how does Abraham Lincoln fit into all of this? Yeah, uh, the moral act was signed in... 1862, that is a congressional act signed by Abraham Lincoln. This is also the same year that Abraham Lincoln signed the uh, mass the largest mass execution in our history. Um, that's, you know, my ancestors, Dakota people. Um, there was a mass hanging, unfortunately. Um, it's also the year of the U.S.-Dakota Wars, uh, where, you know, Dakota people were placed in internment camp at Fort Snelling. And then later the next following year, Dakota and Ho-Chunk people were exiled from the state. So a very um, contentious time. Does anybody want to say more about the Moral Act itself? Um, yeah, I would just say that the land that uh, was used uh, through the Moral Act uh, was... Um, taken by the federal government through violence-backed treaties and land sessions um, mm -hmm. that were forced upon indigenous nations. Um, and then those, those lands were to be sold to fund the endowment of state universities. And per the Morrill Act, uh, those endowments must be held in perpetuity in the permanent university fund. So in this way, the, the founders who were also right, the legislators and the people making the laws, were able to establish a permanent and perpetual system of wealth transfer from indigenous nations to settler colonial governments and institutions such as the University of Minnesota. I mean, the, the act that Lincoln signed just pretty much gave the states land to establish state universities. Real positive and great. It just never mentioned who the land was violently taken from and and it was obtained through treaties with indigenous nations but they weren't exactly real treaties the way you would expect consenting parties to have a treaty it was all violence backed wasn't it yeah and so the founding board of regents men like uh henry sibley and alexander Ramsey, who are really upheld here in minnesota you know and in, in like godlike stature almost you know many streets are named after them many schools there's neighborhoods named after them, counties. But these men were also not only signatories, but also um, negotiators of treaties. So they identified the land that they figured would make the most profit. And right. then they forced treaties upon the tribes and then kind of rescinded you know, the, the terms of those treaties, because none of those treaty terms were ever met by the federal government. Um, so we maintain that lands here in Minnesota remain unseated. That's very and important, right? That the, the, the nations have never actually ceded this land, and they've never actually given real consent for these land to go to the universities. Correct. Yeah. And like Misty uh, just noted in the chat, you know, tribes were often forced to sign under duress terms of starvation and poverty, because at the same time, these men were passing laws that 
prevented our people from hunting, fishing, and gathering in ways that had traditionally sustained us since time immemorial. And then, you know, in addition to, you know, the starvation, there was also violence against the woman taking place. There was also, you know, several sexual assaults that were happening of course. Um, upon Native American women, you know, by the United States, um, you know, the men that were... Um, you know, a part of the military. And so that's often a part of the story that is left out. And then now, you know, that trauma throughout time. And now today, the things that we as Indigenous women are experiencing at a much higher rate of violence, you know, than other groups of people. And that is directly linked back, you know, to this era of colonization, to this era of all of the, the taking of the land, the violation of our bodies, and so that was one thing I wanted to add. And thank you. I, I have to ask now the, the big question. What, if any, has been the response of the university and the Board of Regents? Well, today, the College of Liberal Arts announced that it would be defunding ethnic studies, including American Indian studies, by up to 50 percent. So um, the response so, has uh, been silent and now... Um, more violence. This, this of events, more violence. Yeah, yes. cover up the truth. Yeah, cover up the history even more. Yeah, because if they defund our department, right, then we're not going to have faculty to teach this to the next generation of students. We're not going to have um, a department that provides safe space to our students when the rest of campus exhibits violence and ignorance against our people. You know, American Indian Studies is more than than just a learning environment. We're a family. That's where our people go to to be seen, to be heard, because on right. campus, our stories aren't heard. Our stories are silenced like they are being silenced now. I must ask in our final moments, what, what are your hopes and how can our listeners uh, learn more and help? I think that this, this issue of university tribal relations, you know, is is really important. It's one, you know, long, um, I think, long ignored. It, it is also not just, you know, our state, you know, our, our project had certain parameters that we had to work within, aka, we had to work within the bounds of, of Minnesota geography, but, you know, we weren't able to consider the exiled tribes, we weren't able to consider. So we just, I think we, we hope that people, you know, are inspired by this, um, look at our model for the way that we did this in partnership with the tribes as a collaboration and had it be um, Native Voices centered so that, you know, this can sort of grow and, and people can propagate projects, you know, similar to this where they are. Hmm. And how can people who want to help or learn more get involved? So webpage, and then there's also um, a Truth Project website. So if you just like Google Truth Project, University of Minnesota, links will start to pop. And then I guess, you know, for a hope for me is, again, uh, you know, those perpetual reparations, but also healing in perpetuity, you know, having loving, healthy communities, uh, not being affected um, negatively by these systematic issues uh, that we've been experiencing throughout time. Um, and so that's also what the project means, is that hope, is that healing for not only our people, but society as a whole. You know, this is one piece of history that has been intentionally left out, but we need to put that piece back. Like now is time that um, we are intentional and deliberate um, yes. about being inclusive of Indigenous nations. Miigwech. 
The Towards Recognition and University Tribal Healing Truth Project is a Native-organized, Native-led, community-driven research movement. Thank you so much, Misty Blue and Garagiola and Adriana Goodwin. You're all invited back anytime to talk about this more. It's very close to my heart. Thank you for fighting for justice and decency. We'll be right back. This is SiriusXM. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Serious XM Progress. I know we're all giggling around here. Happy detucking day, untucking day. <laughs> Untuck it. Um... <laughs> We're at 866-997-4748. Just remember two things. Uh, more firings are coming and uh, more lawsuits are coming. And they'll probably replace Tucker with someone worse once they can pull him from an orc pit. Right now, I want to go to someone. We were talking about who should we have on tonight to talk about this when the news broke. And we're like, oh, we could go to the guys in Media Matters. They're all cool. I could call Brian Stelter. We thought, no, you know what? What? We're going to get Julia Jeske to come in here because she deserves a day like this. Juliet's one of our favorite guests. I know her from uh, being a performer, but over the past year or two, you might have been aware of her uh, meteoric rise on Twitter as Decoding Fox News. She watches all the Fox News you'd never want to, and she exposes their disinformation and misleading stories on a regular basis. You can follow her Substack stack uh, to keep up with everything. This woman, I don't know how she does it. Julia Jeske, welcome back and congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. It's been quite I, a I don't day. Even, I, I didn't even like write questions for you because I wanted <laughs> to just thank you. You have you have taken one for the collective team and watched so many thousands of hours of Fox for your research, for your work. And you've made it very entertaining at the same time. I just I just want to thank you. I think today belongs a bit to you as well. Well, thanks. It's been I was out of town for a family event, came in and I was kind of out of it, didn't get a lot of sleep because of this job i was working the whole time so i slept in and woke up to everybody freaking out about tucker carlson and i just was like just started laughing because mm. i'm like there goes my day were you surprised <laughs> were you surprised i am genuinely surprised because he was number two in the ratings and uh apparently according to david i'm gonna probably mispronounce his last name focal uh fink or falcon flick falcon flick Thank you. At NPR, it was the intern 
that may have been, I'll say may have been, because I don't know, may have been part of the cause of why, not the intern, the producer who's suing producer, Fox, Abby Grossman, that yeah. caused the problem, that they didn't want another O'Reilly-type lawsuit on top of the Dominion suit, so they were like... Let's go. So it could have been the producer, which I'm like, wow. Uh, right. I thought for sure but they hang would on, just hang on, really, really quick though. The Abby, the Abby Grossman lawsuit. That's that's different from O'Reilly though. It's not about any yeah. kind of sexual mistreatment. It's about a lot of anti-Semitism, a lot of sexism, yeah. all the stuff we know Tucker's home team is good at. I think they were just concerned that they were going to get yet another loss, like big lawsuit and a settlement. So they yeah. went ahead and fired him. Uh, I thought for sure they would just make excuses for him, dance around it because his ratings were so high. I thought and Judge Janine was. I thought Judge Janine was going to be the sacrificial yeah. lamb. I thought someone's yeah. got to go. They got rid of Bongino last week. You know, they got <laughs> rid of Lou Dobbs right after all this happened. Like yeah. Rupert's going to slice someone off. That's not going to hurt too bad. This is this is really big. I mean, this Huge. is as big as O'Reilly. It's yes, it's as big as O'Reilly. And I, I don't. I mean, I I personally think. And I, it was funny. I, my reaction was like complete shock and then dread because I do think my personal feeling, I could be wrong, but I think Tucker Carlson is probably going to go the Alex Jones route, do his own production company, yeah. hire his own people, go streaming, sell yeah. supplements, make money. I think um, you're right. I, I, or maybe selling testicle tanners, but I think you're, <laughs> other than that, you're exactly right. I do think he's going to Joe Rogan his way through this. Although mm -hmm. everyone at Sirius XM Studios today was horrified that Tucker's going to have a desk there very soon. So I don't know. It could go any way. I mean, we, you know, we, we took in Megyn Kelly, so it could happen. Um, let me ask you about the various theories, because the, the theories I have heard range from the obvious that Tucker, as the most extravagant liar, thanks to the text messages, was the one that had to go. And you could argue that Tucker's many, many texts, even in calling or his producer calling the Fox News viewing audience, cousin fuckers, <laughs> that that could have done it. Uh, but then again, I heard the Abby Grossman, the Abby Grossman lawsuit apparently is terrifying Rupert. I also heard Rupert doesn't like all the conspiracy theories. And then the most mm -hmm. intriguing theory I heard was that there are so many disparaging comments Tucker made about the higher ups at Fox News where he never thought his bosses would ever see his private texts. But after discovery, they all became apparent and I doubt we'll ever see those texts, but I'm curious, what have you heard through your contacts throughout the day about the most likely reason or reasons this happened? Um, both the Dominion issue that he was uh, basically the stuff that got leaked was embarrassing for Fox. The um, the stuff about Trump, you know, I hate him passionately and he's a demonic force, along with <laughs> any disparaging things he may have said about Fox executives. And then from what and the NPR journalist, because I don't want to mess his last name. He's great. He's wonderful. But I don't want to mess up his last name again. But he uh, his folk and flick, folk and flick, folk and flick that he had sources uh, that have contacted him and that it's mm. leaning more towards this Abby thing. So uh, the the producer, the producer lawsuit, which that was really amazing that she went out on a limb like that and. Because it's hard to get hired somewhere else if you've worked at Fox. It, it really is. It that really is. Because there, there's like a stain on you. Oh yeah. And um, I get it. Uh, so she went ahead and just took a leap and was like, "That's it." And uh, so yeah, I mean, and it's amazing if Rupert really wasn't into the conspiracy theories because I personally think that was some of the worst stuff that that Tucker Carlson pushed. 
It's awful. Absolutely awful. Since when does Rupert Murdoch not like conspiracy theories? I mean, like Hannity alone between Seth Rich and Benghazi (laughs) and having every inbred racist to say that the first black president wasn't really born here. And now Rupert's got a problem with conspiracy theories. That one was shaky to me from the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's. The, although the although I say this, I say this, but just last night on 60 Minutes, they had Epson talking about how he blames Tucker Carlson for all the harassment. So literally, Rupert may have been watching 60 Minutes last night and that could have helped him make up his mind. Honestly, it could have because it was apparently on Friday, Tucker Carlson looked right into the camera and said, see you on Monday. And That's he had right. a segment about his, which is the other thing is he produces a lot of content for Fox Nation. A lot. He really, That's the website, right? Fox Nation yeah, is the streaming. thing for Fox for Fox News viewers who've learned how the internet works, that's whose <laughs> grandkids have taught them how the modem works. That's that's the and Tucker was producing so many documentaries, a lot mm-hmm. of funding for this, employing a lot of people. So it mm-hmm. tells you it's got to be really bad if they're pulling the plug on so much production. Yes, yes, and I I, I honestly wonder who's next because, uh, you know, obviously Maria Bartiromo and uh, Judge Janine are both. You know, teetering because they were mentioned so much in the Dominion brief. I mean, they were yeah. just throughout. Both those names kept coming up. So it'll be interesting. And Jesse Waters is on paternity leave right now, which is why oh. some people were making speculations that I'm like, actually, his wife just had a baby. So that has nothing to do with this. But who knows? I mean, uh, he who was knows? not mentioned. He was not mentioned in the Dominion brief because I think at the time all of this went down, he didn't have his own primetime show. So yeah, he's the most execrable of all. He's the, he's the clown. He's the one that like he's the one that O'Reilly used to send out to harass people mm-hmm. in the hallways at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who went to Chinatown and was doing all those racist little voices. And he's about as funny as Hiroshima footage. Uh, my, my big <laughs> question is, um, as you watch Fox News tonight, how much time is primetime Fox devoting to the firing of Don Lemon? Because I want to believe oh. that it's all Don Lemon. and They don't mention Tucker at all. I want to they- believe this. They did mention Brian Kilmeade. I haven't been able to go through the episode yet, but Brian Kilmeade subbed for Tucker Carlson and they just Mm. called it Fox News Tonight. And they had a new uh, song and a new uh, graphic that was super generic looking. And then it was Brian Kilmeade. And he just very briefly just goes, you've probably heard that uh, Tucker Carlson is no longer with a network. He's a dear friend. Okay. I'm now here we go. And he just like went right into the show. And that was it. <laughs> that was and then like, it was just all that kill me charisma filling up the hour. Yeah. And Hannity didn't even say anything. Hannity didn't mention Ouch. it, right? Hannity didn't mention it. Ouch. That's got to hurt. No, <laughs> those guys, those guys hate each other. Those guys hate each other. They never got along. They never got along. Yeah. How many hours of Tucker Carlson, Juliet, would you say you have exposed yourself to in full since you began decoding Fox News? Oh, wow. If you have to guess. I, I don't. A, couple, a few hundred. Uh, I followed him before I got in when I was in grad school. My capstone, which is like a thesis, which was basically decoding Fox News, but it was decoding right wing media. Tucker Carlson was one of my sources. And in that time period, it was it was like 80 hours or something. And that. So 80 plus, however, I've done since I, I it would be hard to know. It's definitely in the hundreds. And I have thousands yeah. of clips of him, thousands of clips. I know you've been posting some great ones all day. And let <laughs> me quote you. Them. You tweeted earlier. I doubt Tucker Carlson will quietly retire. He likely won't stop until he's sued into oblivion. He's pushed mm-hmm. the racist conspiracy theory, the great replacement. He's damaged our country in countless ways. Fox should have pulled him off the air years ago. You know, it never occurred to me that the, the possibility of him being sued 
into oblivion. I mean, he's still got more lawsuits coming. You're right. And mm-hmm. Smartmatic is going to be singling him out. And there's all that frozen fish stick money. I mean, part of me, <laughs> I hate asking this question because I just don't care what happens to him. But do you think we'll see him in broadcast again? All the right wingers are saying he'll go to Newsmax or OAN. I'm like, those guys are already dealing with January 6th lawsuits. I don't know if they're going to hire Tucker. I, I don't know if he would go to OAN or Newsmax because I don't think they could afford him. Yeah. And he's rumored to make like absolutely crazy money, like 25 million. I don't know if that's the actual salary, but I've seen that in print before about mm-hmm. him. Hannity's it's, it's supposed to be at about 35. Again, I, I say this with a grain of salt with both of those numbers, but I have seen that in printed sources before. There's no way Newsmax has that kind of money and there's no way ONN yeah. has that kind of money. No, so I, I think instead what might happen is he gets an investor, could be a Russian uh, who, <laughs> and then he does his own like info wars, like Tucker Carlson uh, channel, basically. That's right. what I think is going to happen. I think you're exactly right. He's going to do what Glenn tried to do with the blaze, except mm-hmm. he'll probably be paid in rubles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Juliet, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's always a great pleasure to see you. I thank you so much for what you do. I think you're a great patriot. What is the best way for our audience to follow you and keep up with all your work? I am on Twitter at Decoding Fox News, Substack at Decoding Fox News, and at YouTube, it's my my regular name. But my primary stuff is on Substack and Twitter. And I love it. I get your Substack every day, and I thank you for being such a great journalist on all of this. And congratulations, this belongs to you, too. (laughs) You've suffered more than anyone. Thank you, the great Julia Jeske, everyone. Follow her at Decoding Fox News. We'll be back in just a moment with Rhonda Handsome and your calls at 866-997-4748. This is Progress. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back. This is SiriusXM Progress After Dark. I'm John saying We're at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. Before I bring in Miss Rhonda, here's just a, a quick little clip. You might have heard Donald Trump dropped another video this weekend. Uh, you know, as fast as Ron DeSantis rips off Donald Trump, Donald Trump rips off Ron DeSantis. Here he describes his uh, the ways he wants to psychotically attack the civil rights and well-being of uh, innocent transgender Americans. As president, I will sign a new executive order instructing every federal agency to cease the promotion of sex and gender transition at any age. 
I will then ask Congress to send me a bill prohibiting child sexual mutilation in all 50 states, and I will keep men out of women's sports. That's a simple one. We will give back the power to parents. Parental power will again be a force in our nation. Under my leadership, we will defeat the cult of gender ideology, and we will reassert the timeless truth that God created two genders, male and female. We will defend our culture. <laughs> there you go. You hear that, folks? He's going to ban gentle mutilation. You understand what that means? No more circumcision. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's gentle mutilation we call religion. You know, I need someone smarter and funnier than foxier than me to make sense of this. Into the fray comes the great Rhonda Handsome, stand-up writer, director, actor. She's open for Anita Baker, Diana Ross, and Aretha Franklin. She does great solo shows. Catch her on Politipod, available on SoundCloud. Miss Handsome, if you're nasty, welcome to Tall, Dark, and Handsome Mondays. I'm black, y'all. Thank God for that, Rhonda. What a day. What a day for people to be fired from media jobs. Uh, where, Where do we begin? What's your what's your initial take when you heard the news of the two firings? My initial take with the uh, firing of Tucker and uh, Don Lemon, Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon, was that these cable news stations are really trying to save money. Mm, Good. I mean, really good uh, point. No one one, said that all day. One is like making like 20 million the others making like 7 million and i mean we can bring in some artificial intelligence and really really get that budget tightened up there <laughs> i mean i mean a lot of st- networks and stations are already using remote cameras we've gotten rid of the camera people you know mm-hmm. there's like That's one really person true. doing everything and uh you know and soon we'll just have a robot uh, you know, just uh, um, reciting what AI has determined <laughs> oh. is the news of the day. I have to say, in fairness, Fox News, I can say, still has actual cameramen on, on their floors. <laughs> uh, at least the last time I was there, they did. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I, I hadn't thought about, uh, obviously, Tucker was all about saving money. Tucker was all about saving future payouts, I mean, there's a lot more lawsuits coming over things Tucker said, and he arguably, you could say, cost Rupert the most money. But, you know, Don Lemon was probably, after 17 years of the network, this is what corporations do. This is what all corporations do. You fire the people with seniority who cost too much. And I think Don's firing had more to do with CNN's bottom line and the ratings than his recent uh, controversial comments. Well... You know, it, it, what's really challenging for me with Don is that the what I think one of his latest comments was actually being quite uh, defensive against uh, really illogical and and false accusations by uh, someone I believe who may be of East Indian ancestry uh, about about black experience in America. And, are we talking about Nikki uh, Haley? We're we talking about Nikki Haley. <laughs> no. Um, who, oh, who are we talking about? Uh, oh my gosh! I I wish I ha- I had his name. Uh, I have to look up on my my Twitter my okay. Twitter feed. Um, but it was um, some gentleman who uh, is melanated, but uh, but uh, not uh, but falling 
in line with white supremacist ideas uh, uh, about black people. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of Don Lemon, but he was saying, you can't tell me about my black experience in America. And um, I, I think that in connection with his ageist, uh, ageism yeah. controversy. Well, uh, the sexist and, and ageist. I mean, you know, well, again, well, yeah. no, no one hates defending Nikki Haley more than us. But when he well, was saying yeah. that she's past her prime and other things, and his two female co-hosts apparently have been very upset more than once. John, this is the worst thing when people make me sound like I'm defending people I can't stand. You know, you, you, go, you go through that with uh, with with Don. Uh, but it, it really I really think it's a, it's a movement to um, get us used to not having these uh, high profile people on on the cable networks and moving into AI. John, I'm convinced we're just going to have AI making up the news to, you, you know, to propaganda uh, size uh, segments every You're 24 right. hours a day. They'll be CGI really bleach blondes, like CGI blondes, but they'll still look like their hair's fake and they'll be reading copy on Fox and they'll be vapid and mean and and a software can do it. I mean, already with the SAG after people where, you know, we're crazed because, you know, people are using avatars, CGI and, and you, you know, create, you know, creating characters that look almost not really, but almost human, you know, all all we'll have is like a few voiceover artists who are training the AI, you know, to uh, you know, <laughs> sing, sing like Drake and, and do the news like Laura Ingram. You know? <laughs> I mean, you, you know, look, I, a lot of people all day, what I was getting was right wingers when I would make a Tucker Carlson joke saying, yeah, now do Don Lemon. Now do Don Lemon. And I'm like, no, you do Don Lemon. The left is not a cult. We don't put our media figures up on pedestals. I mean, maybe Maddow, but if she blew it, they, everyone would get behind firing her, too. Demo There's nothing Democrats like more than cutting their own loose for sins, whereas Republicans will, will keep on promoting them. Dems eject them. Republicans reelect them. But what Don Lemon did was unpopular. Ratings were not great. He said things on the air that he had to apologize for. It's a far cry from costing his bosses three quarters of a billion dollars. And it's now about a billion and a half when you consider the revenue they lost today in the stock trading. Well, that's true. But I think his uh, New Year's Eve uh, drunk dancing didn't help his cause much either. <laughs> you know what? I actually, I actually agree with you on that, but I don't think that was... I don't think they care. I think New Year's Eve gets some good ratings, so they don't care how drunk Don Lemon gets. I personally, and I, I know him, I like him, he's, yeah, I've always gotten along well with him. I always found that to be kind of um, bad for the credibility of the network. Just well, it, anchors they don't care. On. They don't yeah. care because you're right. You know, people are going to uh, tune in, you know, just to see him, you know, get down and <laughs> and throw a couple of shots back. But they it's something nice to have in their back pocket to add to their ammunition when you're ready to get rid of someone. You know, I mean, yeah. every every single thing is a an arrow in the quiver when you when you're ready to, you, you know, jettison someone. You're right. You're right. I mean, Don Lemon aside, and I think he'll get a job somewhere else pretty quick. If Cuomo did, Don certainly will, I hope. Um, but let me ask you about Tucker. You know, what, what gets me is that he wasn't fired for all the lies he told on the air. He wasn't fired for all of his years of racism. 
talking about great replacement theory, talking about how traditional voters feel threatened by shifting demographics. The code language this guy is used for the browning of America. He wasn't fired for loving dictators. He he, he, he got fired because... Uh, Bad haircut? He, <laughs> no, that gets you hired at Fox. No, he got fired because he told the truth in text messages. He told the truth about his bosses. He told the truth about Donald Trump. He told the truth about his contempt for his audience. And it was his texts that were the most damning, more than Bartiromo's, more than anybody else's. I would say to you that that the biggest chunk of that 700 million came because of what was in Tucker Carlson's texts. That's what got the most hype from the entire case. Yeah. Uh, well, telling the I, truth got him fired, but the racism didn't. Well, that's kind of the American way. You know, we we want we want the racism. Uh, America runs on racism and uh, and having the <laughs> it, it does. You, you thought it was donuts, but it's racism. Uh, and and, you know, the truth. That's why we don't why we not me but why we don't want critical race theory because it's it's a whole mythology around telling the truth around americans history so i don't disagree with you that he got yeah. you know he, he he got that uh that punch for for uh yeah, right. his tr truth and texting and john you, you know we got we got to stop with all of this communication i think we got to go back to like smoke signals or something because people <laughs> people are really getting themselves jacked up over these texts and uh and dm messages and and being truthful online is like the worst thing you can do <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I, I would submit to you that people really got more jacked up over the lies and people really got jacked up over the, the racism. I mean, so much has been coming out now. According to three different former Fox employees, Tucker was obsessed with um, the minute by minute ratings data on the audience real time ebb and flow. And a former employee who worked with Carlson said that he is going to double down on the white nationalism because the minute by minutes, that's the, the ratings in real time show the audience eats it up like yeah. this was in the Atlantic. Um, I'm sorry, the New York Times. What to know about Tucker Carlson's rise? Like literally, we we don't even know how bigoted he really is. We just know he uses bigotry to keep your uncle racist and Aunt Deadside watching. Well, he could be like Strom Thurmond and have like a black mistress someplace with a, ch a child that he, you know, sends a Christmas card to. And mm, a I don't check think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I, I don't know if I'd respect Tucker more or less if he had a black mistress. Because I, I, I don't think I don't think Strom really had a mistress. I think Strom had a family maid who wasn't allowed to say no to things, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, well, that well, Tucker could be in the same position. I mean, the hypocrisy is is the point of of the yeah. uh, the lies, the I, the and the and the text coming out. You know, really shows how he how he he felt. I think I would rather see Tucker Carlson become the Mar-a-Lago housemaid. I, I'd like to see him actually have to submit to Mr. Trump. You want to talk to he some of our riffraff, like Rhonda? We got a lot of people want to weigh in on the I news of the day. I love the riffraff. Bring on the riffraff. Now, you know what? Now maybe fucking Don Lemon will finally do this show. I've only been asking him for years. Uh, Joe is calling from, is it Iowa? Welcome, Joe. You're on SiriusXM with myself. No, and no, Hanson. no. I'm from Ohio. Ohio. Where, uh, okay. Well, even better. Yeah. Hi. Where are... Uh, our school teachers, uh, our female school teachers have to do double duty. They have to carry a gun and, and a baby at the same time. Yeah, so. exactly right. That's I, freedom. I thought I would do a, that's, that's freedom. I thought I would do a few, 
Fugles on there. Yeah. Hey, hey John, I'm coming down. I'm coming down uh, this this weekend to see you guys at the. Uh, oh, great. Down great. In Virginia. I'd love to have you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my good buddy, Sean, out there in the Bay Area, good friend mm-hmm. of mine. I just want to say, you know, it's a shame, but I, I, I do think we're losing. We're losing when you have situations like uh, Dick Durbin not getting rid of the blue slip. Not getting what? I, I like not, Dick Durbin not getting rid of the blue slip for. For when, for, from the judging, for bringing the judges on the uh, judges oh, right. or any, anybody. Yeah, he, what, what's going on with that, you know? Uh, Tell me, Joe, uh, I'm, I'm a little behind the blue slip. I, I know about the devil in the blue dress, but I don't know this. What what is, what is this? Well, I mean, the blue uh, slip is a, is a house rule. Go, go ahead. Go you ahead. could probably explain it better than me. Not really, but it, it just basically, if, if there was any question, if there's any question about a person being nominated, uh, what the senators can pull up a, or whoever it is can pull up a blue slip and, and say, you know, we, we don't want this person nominated or considered. And it's Dick Durbin it's Dick. who uh, keeps thinking that Lucy's not going to pull the football away this time. So he he's still hanging on to this outdated blue slip tradition, expecting to have, you know, good faith debate with the Republicans. And that's really slowing down a lot of confirmation. By the way, Republicans ignored the blue slip when Trump was president. They confirmed piles exactly. of his judges against the Democrats' wishes from their states. And, and just with what Mitch McConnell did with with the Supreme Court judges, I mean, Dick Durbin should be like, the hell with you guys. And this, this is what irks me. You know, John, I, I'm, I'm a big, uh, I'm a campaigner. I, I was down for the Warnock campaign. I, I actually campaigned for our friend in Virginia. Um, Thank you. And Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I go all over the country. I, I worked this hard, really hard for Fetterman this, this past summer. And I mean, when you see stuff like this, it just, it really just sucks the wind right out of you. You know, you, get, you work hard to get all these people in office. And then in, instead of playing hardball and, and pull, you know, get, to get rid of the blue slip, Durbin, I don't, I don't know what he's trying to prove. I mean, it, it's like holding on to the blue slip is like the new holding on to the, the filibuster. I, I, I guess he's he doesn't want to get rid of it because he thinks I, I don't know what he's thinking because the Republicans don't care. He's trying to, you know, adhere to this old outdated rule. I, I Listen, I'm a big fan of doing two things, electing Democrats and then beating them up if they don't, you know, fulfill what we need. And what he's doing here is hurting his party and it's hurting our efforts to to confirm judges. And the Republicans are kind of laughing at him. I don't understand what he's being loyal to, but I think it's very, very good for people like yourself to be respectful to Dick Durbin. Thanks for your service. But this is some bullshit, man. And it's 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 really helping the Republican Party block every judiciary nomination just as much as Feinstein's health problem is. You know, I, I'm glad you cleared that up about her when you when you explained on Stephanie Miller about how that, you know, we've got to get her back in there because if she leaves, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, what, that's just my that's my theory. But I'm just like, if she leaves, what's to stop the Republicans from filibustering a replacement? I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't think that it's a safe bet that she can just resign. Newsom appoints a new senator and that person set, steps into her role. These Republicans are not going to let jo- Joe Biden has confirmed more black women to the circuit court in two years than every previous president combined. More than half of his judicial nominees have been women. More than half of them have been people of color. The Republican Party is going to do whatever they can do to slow this down. And the media is not even beginning to cover the story yet, in my opinion. And just, yeah, just just to finish up, Ron, you, you hit it on the nose, this AI and Fox. You know, they, they, they could put a stooge there in, in those seats and pay him, uh, you know, half a million a year and and they're paying yeah. someone like, you know, this this, this clown, uh, Tucker and his, his yeah. buddy, Sean, you know, they're paying them thirty five million dollars a year. It, what You know, it's, it's a joke. Yeah. 
Well, you're oh, absolutely exactly. right. And then people like that man who uh, shot uh, the the teenager who came to the, the wrong room, the wrong address, will be yeah, happy yeah. to listen to that stooge for uh, 24 That's hours. Doesn't matter who they put in. I mean, they can bump up Jesse Waters. What are people going to do? Start like watching films? They're going to turn off Fox and read books? I don't think they're going to go to OAN or Newsmax. Maybe they will, but those channels suck. I, th- I think they could put in anybody in that spot. They could bump up Jesse Waters, and he can just sit there and be a drooling McGilla idiot, and no one's going to care. Yeah, the book 1984 did this perfectly with the hour of hate. You know, the two, or the two, it was the two minutes of hate. Well, now you just have two hours yeah. of hate. What's the difference? And, and like I say, <laughs> you could put anybody there as long as they say, you know, hate black people. You know, you know, no, they won't say they won't they won't say that they won't say hate black people, but they you know, it's all going to be code talk with these guys. You know, how they yeah, do it. don't yeah, accept wokeism. Yeah. The, the reject yeah. wokeism. Uh, what is, is what all this woke say. stuff at our schools? I'm against this. This critical race theory wokeism stuff. Uh, you know, uh, let's talk about Jackie Robinson's successes and not all the shit he had to overcome. That's it. They want to celebrate Jackie Robinson. They don't want to talk about why he should be celebrated. And what's this Trump saying? He's going to keep uh, locker rooms and women out of. What was that? What was that? He was going to keep Trump beating up on trans people. He's beating up on trans people because that's what Republicans are doing this year. That's the hot, unprotected minority. It was an undocumented people five years ago. Now it's trans kids. Yeah. What about keeping Trump out of of the dressing rooms at the pageants? Is he thinking about that? Is that brought up? I mean, people can bring it up. It's his pageant. It's his dressing room. And he can, he can, (laughs) he's a celebrity and he can do whatever he wants. And it's his supporters who don't care when he does it. It's a cult. It's a cult. Thanks, man. Appreciate the call. Oh, he just, he just, that was nice. Let's go to uh, Don in Colorado. Welcome, Don. You're on Sirius XM. Hey, John. I'm a first time caller. How are you doing tonight? I'm so honored. Thank you for calling. You're on with me and Rhonda Handsome. Hey, earlier I heard you were speculating on what Tucker Carlson was going to do going forward. I heard that he has he's already lined up for a new podcast. It's going to be Tucker's America, Introspection and News Talk, also known as Taint, because it taint real and it taint news. <laughs> I got to be honest, Rhonda, when he began, I'm like, this sounds like a good premise. So where's he going to take it? I, I, I was feel like with them. He, he, we got a bottle of we got a we got a, a, a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. Very nice. All Very the nice. way to tank. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Tucker knows what a taint looks like. He spent enough time in the last six years with his face buried in Trump's. <laughs> well, yeah, the reason he likes taint is because somebody calls him an asshole. He can say, "Hey, not quite." <laughs> oh man well done man i appreciate it <laughs> all right all right y'all have a good one. thanks don uh, john since we're in this area uh yes i i don't know did you see that breaking news rumor that um citing her defamatory claims of human trafficking and doing crack with prostitutes hunter biden's lawyers demand marjorie taylor green probe with uh, a space laser speculum <laughs> I must have missed that one, but I'll tell you something. Oh, he really did. He He's now, here's the smartest thing Hunter Biden did. He lawyered what we call the fuck up. And, and the, he's already, his lawyers have already told Hannity and Tucker to get ready that they're going to be called upon to provide information. And now he's accused MGT of defamation and he demands an ethics probe. I thought you were kidding at first. Her unethical conduct arises from her continuous verbal attacks, defamatory statements, publication of personal photos and data and promotion of conspiracy theories. You know what? If my computer ever got ripped off and my dick pics were thrown or, or my, you know, drug fueled orgy snapshots were thrown all over the internet. I'd like to think that after I 
rocked back and forth in shame for a few months, Rhonda, that eventually I'd get pissed off and sue too. Whatever you think of Hunter Biden, I think he's got every right and he's entitled and he's called morally to sue all these people. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm all for uh, Marjorie uh, getting a probe with a, a space laser speculum. So, <laughs> Let me go to Charles in Miami. Charles, thanks for your patience on hold. Welcome. Hey, how you doing, John? Hey, sir. How are you? You're on with me and Rhonda. How you doing, Rhonda? Oh, good. How are you, Charles? I'm just making it. Um, but it just hit me over the weekend. I, I had to call this. And I Tell just me. have to say, so... You, you get so caught up in these Republicans trying all this stuff about uh, whether it's abortion. Um, I'm hearing on the news today uh, uh, 70% of people don't want, um, I guess, uh, Biden to run again because of his yeah. age. And I'm, you know, all of this to me is just a distraction. They basically have the, 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 the um, you know, they use the press as their own, the, the corporate media as their own media as their um, sounding board, and they got us all thinking that, you know, if you want this economy to be right, it's going to be the Republicans. When we actually have a Democratic Democratic, um, president that's gotten us out of the recession, that's held a record number of jobs, Mm -hmm. and we are not talking about the jobs. We are not talking about... This this media does not talk about this guy's incredible accomplishments. I swear to God, I read more about polls about how people feel he's not doing enough and not talking about the truly historic achievements this old man has pulled off in two years. Exactly. I mean, this to me, like, you know, they can't run on, on whatever they're going to propose as far as a uh, budget or it's just going to help the economy. They have no, I, they have no type of um, way to get us out of this reception or make the reset. I mean, I'm sorry, this inflation or make this inflation even more bearable. And, and you know, we're not calling them out for that because you think about all the outrageous stuff that they're doing while mm-hmm. we're not getting the, the, the accolades for this great economy that we're in right now that's, you know, surviving this inflation. Thank you, John. Thank you, Charles. I appreciate it. I'm sorry that my, my cat hit the microphone while we were talking. But to <laughs> his point, Rhonda, this new Washington Post poll, an average of only 38 percent. 38% of Democrats want Joe Biden to be their nominee in 2024. 57% want the party to nominate someone else, but they have no idea who it should be. And- I was just going to say they, they, they have no, no nothing else to offer. And, and John, I have said this before in the past, uh, the, the Democrats make me sick with not having any kind of spine, testicular fortitude, guts, whatever it takes from the body to really come on strong and, uh, and do and handle things in a forceful way, the way they, that American people are going to respond to them. I mean, the Republicans just, you know, trample all over rights. They say whatever they want. They lie. They're hypocrites. And their people love them. That's and right. they, they lead with, with, a, with a club. And, and, the, and the Democrats are like, oh, well, you know, we, we'd like to do this, but, you, you know, we, we don't know how to, how to do it. And we don't know how to get our message out that we'd like to do it. But this, so this is what's going to happen. Democrats have deep reservations about Joe Biden. Expectations are really low, which is how Joe Biden likes it. You know, he always says, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. They're going to have to rally around him, even if they have misgivings about his age, because quite simply, he is the only serious option for beating Trump or 
DeSantis. I mean, it's going to be another existential horror challenge election. And well, they, they talked uh, well, to over 130 Democrats in five battleground states. And the Times wrote, Donald Trump has proved to be the greatest unifying force in Democratic politics in the last decade. The same factors that caused the party to rally behind Biden then are still present today. Well, I think some people may not want him because of I don't know if it's deep fake or not, but I saw some clip where uh, it, the president was someplace scratching the back of his neck and it looked like he had on a, one of those full face masks that it really wasn't uh, Biden. Did you see that clip? I didn't see that one. Nope. Well, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and people are talking like this. We're not seeing the real Biden, you know, like we didn't see the real Melania most of the time that uh, we she was seen holding Trump's hand. So maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe some people feel like they're they're being um, bamboozled. And that's not really, you know, the Biden that they 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 wanted, the Biden they voted for it could just be someone in a mask. They're pretending. <laughs> I'm not really worried about that. But, uh, you know, Jamal Jamal Bowman, uh, who's a very progressive congressman from here in New York, he said, we need stability. Biden provides that. I don't think you're going to see a really serious primary challenge to Biden beyond RFK Jr., who now loves Trump and Tucker, and uh, our friend Marianne Williamson, who I don't think is going to make a dent. No, no. Uh, I, we we got to leave her on the uh, the. As, uh, in the stratosphere where she reigns. She really reigns in, in the stratosphere. We can leave her there. Everybody who's I, running against Biden has been on this show 100 times. That's what I'm realizing. What was the percentage of people who actually do want him him to run? Uh, was it's it 30? 38 percent. But I'm like, you know, like, that's my whole thing. You look at what this president's achieved. I mean, the PACT Act. Uh, for vets, the CHIPS Act, bringing so much manufacturing back here. Donald Trump talked a good game about infrastructure for six years, never did it. Biden got it done. The greatest climate spending we've ever seen. He got the highest drop in unemployment in the history of this country, the lowest unemployment rate since the moonshot. 2021, we had the lowest rate of childhood poverty in the history of the country. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about, oh, he's old. He's old. I was like, I was on MSNBC and News Nation on Friday. And I was like, I don't care how old he is. Great. So he's not thinking about his mistress or his next gig after he leaves the White House. Put a hundred year old guy in there and see what he can get done. Well, you know, you're saying that he brought stability, but actually, if the message isn't getting across, if people aren't feeling it, if people aren't seeing it and hearing it, and and it's not being reinforced by everyone in the party, it's not going to be believed. It's not going to be accepted, John. Rhonda, how do our listeners follow you and see you live? Oh, on TikTok, Lo Behold 100, on Instagram, Rhonda Full, and on Twitter, at Rhonda Handsome, like a handsome man without the D. Because you don't need the D, baby. Thank you so much. This is SiriusXM. I'm John Fugelsang. Peace.